Ryan. Hello, Rachel. How you doing? Oh, I'm 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 very well. I I I mean, life's so easy right now. Everything's great. We're here chatting about some science fiction te- television. Easy is eating pancakes. Easy as eating pancakes. I got you to say it. I was I was hoping to uh, tee you up for you to hit it into the green. Is that how golf works? Is these the right golf terminologies? Rachel, we're here with an ultimate amount of yum yum. Yum yum energy. Yum yum podcast. Ray Butts (laughs) is the character that would say yum yum in this episode. About some pancakes. In context, like he would say it about pancakes, but he never gets to eat them. He would say, it's as easy as eating pancakes. Yum, yum. That's how he would deliver it. And it would be as esoteric and weird as when he mentions pancakes in this episode of Space Above and Beyond. Uh, We're Yum Yum Podcast, of course. And we are a podcast where we watch television shows and talk about them episode by episode we named ourselves yum yum because of star trek discovery giving us a line of dialogue in which a character said yum yum out of nowhere and i i i i just want to go right into the meat of the matter we're watching space above and beyond this is your first time rachel watching Space Above and Beyond this mm-hmm. is a revisit for me i am not super familiar with Space Above and Beyond like I am with Babylon 5. I can't remember every single detail, every single scene or character beat, but I have seen it a couple of times. And I I really want to just praise Ray Butts as an episode for getting a character that is new, only exists in the singular episode, and you will never forget about them going forward. When we finish the season, I can look at you and say, Ray Butts, and you'll look at me back and you know not only what that episode was, but who he was as a character, which is the antithesis of Nan from Star Trek Discovery, in which we know nothing, we will never know, we have no clue of who she is or what she's about, Except for she says weird shit out of nowhere because the writers can make her do so because there's no rules to her. She can just say yum yum and we can go, I guess that's what she would say because there's nothing to say otherwise. Uh, Do you have the DVD description for Ray Butts in front of you? I am so keen to hear what this has to say. The members of the 58th are suspicious after a tough war veteran who arrived on the Saratoga with orders to take them on a classified mission changes the mission objective once they are behind enemy lines. Do you count as a war veteran if you are still an an active soldier? I guess he technically does because he did fight in previous wars. Yeah. So you could technically say he's an AI war veteran. He's a Guatemala war veteran. They mentioned yeah, the incident in Guatemala. Just think of veteran as being retired members of the armed forces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, at the end of last episode, were gi- was given the title of Ray Butts, mm-hmm. not knowing what it was going to be. Do you recollect what your guesses were? Because you were so gobsmacked, your jaw hit the floor, your tongue rolled out, and your eyes darted out of your head when I just said Ray Butts is the next episode. Guess what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't know, but I do. I don't remember all the things that I guessed because I remember I was like, I'm just gonna go scatter shot and be like, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I settled on, we, you were about to hit play, and I'm like, Raybots is gonna be a person. Raybots could be a person, is what you said. You at the end of last episode theorized that it could be a coal sign, like uh, Bulldog Chesty. Mm-hmm. You also theorized it was a new type of uh, uh, a foe or weapon. 
I do believe. Mm -hmm. And he technically was a foe. He was an antagonist. Well, he was an antagonist, but also not a foe. Uh, yes, Ray Butts. Uh, give us your thoughts. What did you think? Overall, it was good. But there were lots of, of things where I was like, oh, that's really obvious. Mm-hmm. And then the episode pretended like it wasn't obvious. Uh, I'm s- like, am I not meant to figure out that he's very clearly going to sort of kill himself in that black hole playing Johnny Cash? Mm-hmm. Like, at what point am I meant to figure that out? Because I think I figured it out a bit too early for the show. Uh, Okay, interesting. So you thought it was a good episode overall, but played its hand a little too overtly before it was actually supposed to play it. I don't know if it was the show or the fact that I just have a particular knowledge of the way that these episodes work and mm. I've gotten used to the show. Like We had a moment where it's like all of the tension being built up and they're being all stealthy with their guns. And I'm like, this is going to be a fake out. They're going to be playing paintball or something. Mm-hmm. And then Vanessa gets shot in the back with uh-huh. a paintball. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, So you thought it was good? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a rather interesting episode to... Go over my history with it. This is my favorite episode of the series. Uh, It's not the best episode, but it's my favorite. It's one of the few we watched a lot. This is the most watched episode of Space Above and Beyond in my household. And it's because, well, looking at it now, I think even four or five episodes in, we can definitely tell that this is a balance of the two types of areas we delve into with Space Above and Beyond, which is uh, fun and and dramatic. And we get both of those in, in the character of Ray Butts. Ray Butts is a fun character. His name is Ray T. Butts, and it says kick butts on his helmet, and he's a badass, and he's... But he's dark and brutal and dramatic. And you get both of those here in the episode as well as the character, in which we can have all the fun, campy, corny things that we get from Space Above and Beyond. But when it comes time to release that and put it to the side and play the drama for the drama, it does that. And this is the first episode I really feel like we've got uh, both of those at play rather than one of those at play. And then, you know what I'm talking about. Like, Mutiny last episode was way more campy in its execution than maybe the script was wanting it to be. And then Dark Side of the Sun was like a really dramatic episode. There was no real fun in that one. And then we had the first one with West getting his, trying to get his girlfriend, and it was that was dry, and there was no fun, and none of that. I love this episode, and I was super keen to give it a revisit. It's been years since I've watched it, and I had a great time. They all passed my test. They all came running to help their buddies. You taught them real good. Don't butter me. You are gone. I don't care if you turn out to be the Commodore's bestest golf buddy and you bleed scarlet and gold. You are gone! I will pull every string to get you away from my people and off this bucket and back to the slime pit you crawled out of. I am a huge fan of when a show of this nature, this variety, decides that the character who's going to have an arc, who's going to grow and change, is going to be somebody who's new. We get an episode about Ray Butts rather than Nathan West or Cooper Hawks. We have our ensemble of characters interact and engage with this new character who will only exist in this one episode. I like those type of episodes of these TV shows more so than I don't. How do you fare with those and how did you think about it here? 
It depends for me a lot of the time on how well the show sells me on the character for how much I like these episodes where it's like, and this guest spot Mm. is going to be the sole focus of majority of this episode. And this one, it, it works for me because they... They spend time on it. They spend time on it, but also the way that they do that process of contrasting him with people that we know and people that we like, but you're also getting, you're getting to know our main crew by their reactions to Ray Butts, Mm. not just here's this guy and we're going to pay attention to him now because he's the big hot shot. It's like, no, we are seeing him enter this world and the impact that that has. That's a great way to put it. He's a, he's a, they're the pond and he's the stone being thrown in. We're seeing how it ripples and affects everything going on. And I think the performance is great and a, a huge factor to it is, as I said, they give it time. We have yet to have a guest stark appearance in this series that you would even think about like we had Ali Ermi in the pilot but really you know it you remember it because of the actor being well known for playing that type of role but you don't actually think about his character any further after that episode it was like he was fine Uh, the character was fine I should say not the actor was great but the character was fine and then French Stewart we already talked about he got nothing in Dark Side of the Sun, the silicates were cool, but those characters weren't anything. They were the the concept of the foe was cool. And then Mutiny last episode, we met a whole crew of people that should be fascinating and interesting, but you never really felt the time spent with them or the focus on them to make them come across as more than the sum of their parts. And here we get to spend the time with Ray Butts where we get to have a certain perception of him, and then that is challenged and changed and evolves. Where at the beginning, you you think of him as an arrogant, villainous, antagonistic jerk. But by the end, you're swayed, you're, 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 you're moved by him, and you have endeared to him in some way, shape, or form. And... I like the performance because he's unflinching in this performance. He is doing a thing that I really like of a guest star when you have this role, uh, which is he's playing it like he is the protagonist of the show. He's not coming in being like, oh, I'm going to play it. No, he is really the, I call it the Rick Mail effect. When Rick Mail would guest spot in Blackadder or any show, he would steal the spotlight and make it like it was his show the whole time, and it was always captivating. Uh, the actor here, he does that very much so, and I couldn't keep my eye off of him in general. What did you think of the character of Ray Butts throughout all of this? Because it, you say that you predicted things, because in all fairness, and I'm, I, I mean, we'll get back to this point in a moment, but... In all fairness, to me, they obviously call out the things they're going to do because even the show knows they're going to do it with Ray Butts being so egotistically like, what are you talking about? I ain't going to die. I am awesome. And you're like, you're going to die, bro. And then he dies in an awesome way. Yeah. But uh, what did you think about the character Ray Butts? Tell us your journey with him. Um... I never disliked him as much as I think the show wanted me to. Like, everybody else hated him, but I'm like, yeah, he's a military dude. I imagine that there's a fuck ton of people like him in the real military. So, of course, it makes sense to introduce a character that's like him. But then they do try and layer 
his character up with that remorse and the way that he talks about the deaths and the killings that he's been a part of. Uh, I really liked his scene with Vince and when they discuss that. What do you think about when you're in the dark? And what does he think about, Rachel? The first man that he killed. <laughs> and, and and what he's up to now. <laughs> and whether he got the better end of the deal. And I really, really want to, again, praise this performance because... The, oh, God, the, that line could have been so bad in somebody in, else's hands. In the script, it is... Uh, it is very much hitting the theme of the episode with his character. But when you're first engaging this story, you don't know how to read uh, Ray Butts at first because the actor plays him up with so many different personas and energies. And when he says that line, it's humorous. The way he says it is slightly humorous, wouldn't you agree? Like, I had a chuckle at it when he said that, like, I wonder what it's up to now. Like, it's just kind of funny. And then he uh, takes the air out of the humor by then pointing out, like, I wonder if he got the better end of the deal. It's really one of those lines where it's brought to life with the performance. Yeah. It's a knife's edge kind of character. Because he does go between those two sides of things and the seriousness of life with the humorlessness or humor of death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, like, tell us some more. With, with Did you... Okay, so what were you expecting with this character? Because he's the plot as well. Uh- um, uh, basically what I got, I was expecting him to walk on, be a cunt, and then them realize that he's a cunt that knows what he's doing, and he ain't that bad, mm-hmm. Um, and that he would save them mm-hmm. in the process, particularly because of his interactions with McQueen. I was like, okay. I see where this is going. But maybe he wouldn't die for them because he's already dead, which is the one of the core conflicts of the episode is that level of trust. Yes, but I was like, this is an episode of television, so mm-hmm. that's going to be their journey with Ray Butts mm. is like understanding where he's coming from and that he would leave them behind. He would leave them to die. I mean, he did literally leave them behind on a planet. He's like, you go over there. (laughs) When you're done, come back and I'll be here. And then he leaves. Yes. Fucks off. But he does that to try and right a wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. He wants to go bury his men that, you know... He left to die. He left to die. And it proves that they're right, that he would do that. Mm. But he won't do it twice. I agree. You know where things are going to go. And even to bounce off some of the things you've just said there is... I haven't even thought about it like this. I actually really think on a script level, it's rather ballsy this early in the show to do this, which is Ray Butts doesn't try to learn about them. He doesn't try to, through him, we, the audience, get to endear ourselves more to our main characters. It is the fact that our characters... Our crew of the Saratoga, our platoon, our squadron, they have to overcome their bias. And they are working together as a team. Mm-hmm. They've they- come a long way since they were grabbing each other's butts yes. in the pilot. And they have to overcome that 
to learn about Ray and to feel for him, even if they don't like him, because they don't like him. They say as much. It wasn't the greatest serving under you, but hey, here we are, and let's hope it all works out. And he's just like, why are you saying it to me? I ain't gonna die. And Wang hates him so much. But again, think about this. In the context of how many episodes we're in, they in another show, could have easily made it that Ray Butts is this hard-ass with a heart of gold, really, and through his stern actions, he learns, actually, that the crew of the Saratoga are much better than he gave them credit for, and he smiles, and he learns a lesson, but instead, it's they learn a lesson because they learn more about him and how his circumstances played out, and it's a warning for for themselves, to not follow down the same path that Ray Butts has gone down. Uh, did you have a particular guess, though, about why Ray Butts, like what the mission Ray was wanting and why he was the way he was? Because to me, I think that's the fascinating little dramatic play here because you know he's an arsehole, you know that by the end he's most likely going to die in a self-sacrificing way to help our main crew of characters, but what did you think of that crux? I I was just enjoying being along for the ride with it. I didn't stop to think about that too much because I was like, I know that this is going to be revealed in its own time, in its own place, and it'll make sense. Mm. I didn't stop to be like, hmm, I wonder what his deep, dark secret is. Mm. Um, I did like, it was a twist for me that he doesn't even like Johnny Cash. <laughs> that was that was amazing. He's not even a big fan of Johnny Cash. Like that? That was the big reveal for me. Not the fact that he, you know, killed his whole platoon. Well, he left them to die, yeah. What but he sees it as that he killed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um but tech technically it was his actions mm-hmm. that led to their death. It was a great quandary too because Vanson calls him out on that as well. You should not have left them behind to die and he snaps right back. They should have come with me. I really like that inner turmoil for his character in which it is very easy to paint him as he feels guilty and he is the man responsible for their deaths because he left them behind. But they also counter that with the with the sense of they should have come with me though. Like he is also a, a bit pissed off with them staying behind. That's what makes his grief far more layered than if it was just I left my men and I killed them. He has that as a driving force, but there is that but they should have come with me. We were a team. They should have followed me into the danger, yeah. but they didn't want to, so I had to do it on my own. And it, it reinforces the insight that McQueen gives earlier of if you don't follow orders, we don't have order. And you see that because they didn't follow his order not only caused chaos in that particular mission and their deaths, but it spiraled Ray Butts out of control. Yeah, and this is all he has left now, is to come back and bury them, because that's what the Marines do. The finest spirits, six unequaled souls, are gone, and that's because of me. So I came back to lay them to rest, because that's how we do it in the Corps. That's the least I can do for them and their families. And unfortunately, it seems like all I can do for me. In the end, he fucked up because he felt too much for them. Like, he got too emotionally uh, uh, closed in on his original group where they didn't follow the chain of command, so he 
made an emotional call, which is, okay, guys, I'll, I'll allow you guys to sit here, but I'll go do it myself. And that's not the call that he should have made. And okay. so when he sees McQueen and when he sees the 58th, uh, there's this level of uh, anger there, but also deep understanding. He sees them fighting for one another, reminds him what he had. And it's a nice way of... It's a fascinating uh, deconstruction of the show because he is a warning. He is an he is a shadow of what could go wrong. His version of, like, his dark, tortured, ill-fated version of the 58th, if you will, in which he was the McQueen of their group, basically. And look what happened to them. And we only see one dead body out of their group who had, uh, <laughs> I mean, had his eyes and heart ripped out, and we'll talk about the 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 Chig law that we got here a little bit. But uh, I, what do you think about that general uh, statement, though? Do you agree? Do you disagree about how what happened to Ray Butts and his crew is one of the first real warnings of the casualty of the war that could happen to our main uh, main characters. Yeah, it makes it more personal in a way and it's quite different seeing that solitary dead marine on an alien planet mm. than it is seeing the bodies of all the civilians a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, and I think about this a lot, uh, which is McQueen was an angry angel. And at no point thus far have we heard him really lament the fact that he he's already lost. He's already lost those guys. Um, we've We've touched upon it very, very minorly, but that's why I'm really attaching myself to Ray and his story, where... It's a similar set of circumstances in which he was a leader of a group and he, they were close, they were tight-knit, and then they died. And he feels responsible for their death. And you feel far more of the weight of it here than you ever have had it with McQueen and his yeah. previous group. Yeah, because he's managed to move on in a way that McQueen hasn't. I mean... That, yeah, that Raybots. Raybot McQueen's managed to move on in a way that Raybots hasn't. Uh, do you think that is like? I just personally think it's the the pilot movie doesn't really always factor into the series because I know yeah. that the Angry Angels are a thing that do matter in this show. Like, we have still had references to them mm -hmm. on the occasion, but I don't think all of the stuff from the pilot is really tying into the show, yeah, and that happens. It's not equal. It's not all equal. It's not all equal. Uh, let's go to the Chig Law. Uh, do you want to discuss it, what Ray Butts has to say about it? Raybots confirms that they're afraid of their own dead, mm -hmm. which we saw with the gravesite in the cave. Mm. Then states that they do take the hearts and the eyes out of Our the, dead. Yeah, human bodies. He said that they're scared of their dead, but they're terrified of ours. They're, they're really off-put by our dead. They're, they're, they're not okay with their own. They're, they're really unsettled by ours. What a we what an interesting thing. Yeah. It's like you're making all of these dead bodies mm -hmm. and you're scared of them. Yeah, and they, they rip out the eyes and the hearts. Mm-hmm. I like how Ray says, and I don't even have time for that. Like, that stuff? I, I have no time for. I've got to bury these guys because that's what I have. Okay? This is what I can give back to them and their families. Oh, I also really like that 
the mission that he is putting them through isn't just a mission to serve thematic point or or or, or an arc point for the character of Ray Butts, but the writing he also gives them a functional mission, which is they have precious military technology. The Hammerheads are still on the planet, so you get to have that in it baked in because if this really was just Ray Butts wants them to come back and bury the dead and it's just that alone that's okay but you you need a little bit more oomph to it than that so them having leftover hammerheads it makes sense why it's a high priority classified mission where they allow Ray Butts to do whatever the fuck he wants to do that because you can't let those uh, precious weaponry, weapons and ships behind on this planet that the Chigs could easily attain them. And I thought that was uh, neat. And I really also thought that they have elevated in uh, military tactics and maneuvering in their script writing because there was lots of moments of we're going to do this type of move and we're going to stash our stuff here and wear the war paint and do the hand gestures. And it all felt so smooth and natural to me in comparison They're to real previous. Marines now. They're mar- real Marines, but the writing and direction have found a good groove with it. Yeah. Everything in the world of the show is working together to show the they're real kick-ass marines now. And uh, how did you feel about the writing overall in terms of dispensing exposition and information? It was heavy-handed at times, but even when it was heavy, it was well-written enough that I wasn't annoyed by it. It was not dry. No. They were, yes, heavy at times. There were moments where I do wish they eased back, but I can't even point out a specific moment that overstepped it for me like I could last episode or the one before, say. Here, there is just, there's some bagginess to it, but it's not dry and dull like it was there were things that I really liked, such as, did you think the Johnny Cash music was, at first, diegetic or non-diegetic? I was tossing up, but then I was like, oh no, they really don't have that much non-diegetic music in the show. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, it's going to be from his ship. Mm -hmm. And then it was. And they... Explain that in a way that was far more nuanced and clever than they did in the pilot. They waited a good amount of time as well, where Cooper's fucking around with the ship and he goes, oh, and he grabs up one of the little CDs and that tells you, oh, that was actually Johnny Cash playing in the world of the show. And then Further onwards, we when we see it play, we know, oh, he's actually playing Johnny Cash. They don't need people to go, who is, what is this music playing? Or is that Johnny Cash? They don't need to say it out loud. They actually just let the music play. Then they see, then they wait until midway through the episode for Cooper to grab out the little CD and ask who the man in black is. And that's all you needed. And as you said, you were not expecting that, that that Ray Butts doesn't like Johnny Cash because that's been one of his defining character traits is he plays Johnny Cash when he's not being their boss, the head mm-hmm. of the thing. He's always playing Johnny Cash. Yep, but it's really just a symbol of his own remorse. It's a it's a way of coping. It's a, it's a, it's a part of his grief process. Is he's really clinging on and embracing the things that his people loved. This guy loved Johnny Cash. Same guy who wants to die in a black hole. Uh, I, I also like that Ray Butts is 
un like unabashedly an asshole. Like he's just a straight up racist to the tanks. He's just like when he grabs one of when he grabs Cooper by the back of the neck and then he's like Ugh! and he's like trying to wipe off his hand because he felt a belly button and he's just like you nipple neck and I, I again it's not a, a a purely flattering portrait of a man. It is an unflattering, unfiltered brutal but also funny and campy character study of this guy who will only exist in this episode uh i'm a big fan of it overall i i have a great time there's lots of fun details there like what did you think about them playing paintball also served to show us more of the Saratoga. We got a feel of the landscape of the place we live on. I liked more that, of course, they're using paintballs and not blanks or anything because they're in a war. They need to really conserve any form of ammunition. Mm-hmm. And it makes complete sense to me that they would have paintball guns for this kind of bullshit. Because training still needs to happen, needs to continue. We've got to make it work. I don't get the point. He's supposed to be training us to use the skills he knows, not showing them off. Exactly. Felt like he was just using us to sharpen his skills. We were clay pigeons. Maybe he was trying to lead by example. Not much of a leader. I'm in a squad where I'd rather shoot the CO than the enemy. Uh, did you love his introduction? Is quite... They built it up. This this ship that they don't know where it's from. It's been shot to hell and it just access codes its way onto the Saratoga. And they're like, how the fuck did this guy get on the ship? What did you think of that initial buildup? And also, when they... I mean... You smiled when you saw on the ship it said Raymond T. Butts. You were like, it's a person. I was right. Yes. Yes, I was. I was very pleased with myself in that moment. I enjoyed the build-up. I was like, is this person going to be a spy? Is that what's happening here? Because they're awfully suspicious. You didn't think he was dead? No. No, I didn't (laughs) think he was going to be dead. Um, I did have a moment of remembering that episode of Red Dwarf where they find the shuttle and they really want to know what it is and they bring it on board and it's meant to be in quarantine and Mm. Lister finds out that it's just a giant trash can. (laughs) That's right. And Rimmer thinks it's going to be an alien. Yeah. I thought we were going to mention the one where they went to that prison planet and they have that one escape pod and they don't know if it was the guard or the inmate that survived. (laughs) And they have a real quandary about which one it's going to be. And then it turns out it's the inmate and uh, they have to worry about that for the rest of the episode. They bring it back into the justice field. Uh, I do adore that McQueen remarks that uh, like he, that they told him he was a, a dead man, and then this dead man just proceeded to get up and like kick everybody's ass. Yeah, they're really using that set, like that that the the hangar the bay hangar set. bay set. I fucking love the way that it was shot when West is in there doing the paintball shit and the stealth mission. Mm. Oh, so good. I don't know if this is the case, but there's a real sense that the production crew, the writers, the directors, and so on and so forth, really started walking around their set and saying to themselves, what can we do in this? What can we get away with? Because I was taken aback when Ray Butts proceeded to grab them, these 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 guards, these brutes, and throw them into the 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 the, the space where the the um cockpits 
come up in the hangar base. Like, I really wasn't expecting the fights to now go through multiple levels in the hangar bay, and I, I thought that was a brilliant move because... In a direction level, it's another way of escalating the fun of the action that you're having here. Because it is admittedly, when you agree, admittedly very exhilarating to see this random one man just take down a whole room of people by himself. It's fucking awesome. Is all okay. Is Raybots awesome? Yes. How do they succeed at making him? awesome because they give him a lot of things but how do they succeed at that for you because for me i've grown up with ray butts as a character like as a kid i i liked him i thought he's awesome and today when i watch it i was like he's awesome but how did they succeed at that for you it's no one thing it's the fact that the whole script and the performance works together to create this fully fleshed out character that fits in in this world and is being a mirror and a possible warning to our crew of characters. Mm-hmm. And... You're right. It's not just one thing, because I, I, I keep wanting to be like, oh, but Rachel, what was a standout awesome thing for you? But then, I, and then I'm like, oh, well, will, will she say the pancakes thing? But then I'm like, but there was that bit where he, he grabbed Cooper and nearly made him go down on one knee to propose to him. <laughs> or when he fought Wang. <laughs> and then Cooper joined in and he grabbed Cooper. So when West punched, he made West punch Cooper in the face. <laughs> He's just such a fucking badass. I love him so much. He was wonderful. And is this just. Would you like to know what it actually is? Yeah. It It is. Like, that whole scene with him and Vanson. But in particular, there was this one line that we haven't mentioned yet that I do think is awesome. Like, that whole scene is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's like, like, the response to the first question that she asks of, like, oh, do you even still want us on the mission? And he's just like, you lasted ten. Other teams only last five, so yeah, you're on the mission. <laughs> he's 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 great. And is this just my bias? But I could have watched a whole episode of him and McQueen talking at that table at one another. Oh, oh yeah, and I love. I still like love the random lingo. Mm-hmm. It's like don't bother me. Yeah, drive on, and uh, you may uh, was it bleed blue and gold, and all of that military mm-hmm. jargon, and they don't feel the need to over-explain some of it. They just let some of it breathe. Where it may take another episode for you to go, oh, this is that. Okay, neat. Uh, I also really think that there's something to be said, and, and again, I want to say this. The actors are all great. They've all been great. But McQueen, Commodore Ross... Next level. And Butts. There's something about those aged, rugged, military guys in this show where you wish that you just could have more of them. And that's just because inherently they're cool. So you can't have them be the lead characters or else you have to make them slightly less cool so that you can have them dramatically be more interesting. And McQueen gets to be dramatically more interesting than than Ray Butts does or or, uh, or, or Commodore Ross does so far because, you know, he has to serve more than just being the cool guy on the show. But again, there's just something about the way Space Above and Beyond writes and allows these older performers to be these characters that just really makes me attentive when they're on screen. West was actually good in this episode. He's actually been very good the last two, three episodes because he hasn't been the main character of them. He's a good supporting character at this point in time. 
And Cooper is great because he's such a little bitch. He's six years old. We officially got told. You were happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. You were overjoyed yourself. He's six, Rachel. He's a six-year-old. Yep. And we had Wang uh, wanting to see Shakespeare for one last time. Now, do you want to hear some information? Now... When they watched the Shakespeare, yeah, what happened? It got censored. Oh, what what got censored? The fight. Oh, okay, so it got censored. The fight, and what was Wang's response to that? He was really annoyed. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? Well, Cooper mm-hmm. got up. And turned the switch off so that it wasn't being blurred. Uh Uh-huh. One of the things he says that I'm leaning at is, uh, Wang says, Oh, they can let us shoot at Chigs all we like, but we can't watch violence? Like, we can't see people fight? That is James Wong and Glenn Morgan having a go at Fox. They already had production problems happening. We From the pilot, the network was against them. And at this point, the network weren't allowing them, Rachel, to have certain levels of violence, including showing a gun pointed at somebody's head. Every time a gun is going to be pointed at a character, it cuts. They have to censor it. They have to alter it because they weren't allowed to because Fox hated the show for whatever reason. So they're getting at that point already four or five episodes in where they're finding ways to comment about how they aren't allowed to be a show. Sad. Sad, right? For instance, there was a line that they had for Ray Butts to say, and Fox told them, no, we don't want this line spoken. We think it's it's inappropriate. And they said, Glenn Morgan, James Wong, no, we're going to keep the line. No, they hummed and hard, no, we don't want to... And then they stu- stamp, They put their foot down and said, no, if you want us to have this show, we've got to have our way to tell it. And we want this line of dialogue in there. And they left the line in, having no idea what was going to happen. Will they play the episode? Will they cancel us? What will they do? They just cut the line. The line was testicle. Ray Butts was going to say testicle. But Wang says testicle. I, I can't remember. I think it's pretty sure I read it was Ray Butts was going to say testicle. Somebody was going to say testicle. And when it aired, they silenced it. They cut those four seconds. Because they wanted to be right. Because, oh, it's inappropriate. You can't have testicle in your war show. And... This is what I think is a beauty and a curse, is the creators of this show really worried about if they weren't allowed to show violence, not even gratuitous violence, but like the cost of war. Which is a central part of what the show's fucking about. That this would come off as nothing but a fun adventure. And that this would come off as pro-war. That was a major concern for them. And I think this episode, even though you know now that it was hampered by some of these things from the network, it still succeeds at being a show that tells you about the horrors of war. And I'm interested to see going further and as we go along when the season gets more and more entrenched with network battles, to see how much the creative team can still hold on to the horns of making this a serious war show in which we will remind the audience about the horrors of this 
and still be a show where you can watch it without it being just a, a misery fest. Uh, to talk about one of the most important things, pancakes. Rachel, pancakes. I mean, what did you think? I was like, oh, you're really going for this, aren't you? And I was just like, what are they going to do with this? And then it was so sweet and stupid that they threw their pancakes out in airlock. He says pancakes like four times in the episode. It's as easy as eating pancakes. It's easy as pancakes. Mm, pancake time. I like that line. It's pancake time. Uh, this is uh, my last pancake, boys. Making mm, bacon pancakes. Making bacon pancakes. So you thought it was sweet? Yeah. Like, the be like, <laughs> it's sweet and not. At the same time, because it is kind of like, I ain't taking your fucking pancakes. Mm. Like, you are a piece of shit. It's not as easy as pancakes. But it is mainly they're giving him the pancakes. Yeah, it's mainly about him getting these pancakes. I think without a doubt... And I would love to hear from Space Above and Beyond fans. Please contact us. The information's in the description. Uh, and if you're listening to this on Patreon, just comment below. I'm going to make the claim now. The image of pancakes floating out into space... It feels iconic for me. the image of Space Above and Beyond. The iconic image. Not the jigs. Not the hammerheads. Not McQueen and what he looks like, and no, none of that. None of the nipple neck. To me, it is pancakes floating out in space as Johnny Cash plays. That's space above and beyond. And what you just said there, which is it's sweet, it's beautiful, but it's also kind of sad and silly, is a, uh, a reflection of space above and beyond. In many ways, it it really is. And since we know what this is evoking, the the old World War Two movies and those war shows on in the sixties on television, and even if you aren't deeply familiar with the things it's referencing, space above and beyond has really captured what it's going for. To the point in which when you have this scene play out, the pancakes being jettisoned into space, you buy it. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't question that part. You don't I'm question like, it. Yes. Yes, this is happening. Yes, I understand why. Not questioning, just enjoying. I guess Ray Butts has ate his last pancake. This isn't really a sci-fi episode. This is a war story episode. This is a story that you could transplant into a Vietnam story, into a World War II story, into an Iraq war story. You can make Ray Butts in a normal war show and just easily remove the spaceships. And most of it wouldn't change. And yet, the addition of the sci-fi things on top of it gives it that unique flair where you can have pancakes be launched into the vacuum of space and it is one of the most enrapturing things I've ever seen because honestly it is such a bizarre idea yeah but those, it works but those are often the best ones those those bizarre things like what would it look like to see pancakes in space it would work nowhere else but it works here really works here and what a way to tie up the episode it leaves you on a really good note it really does leave you on a really good note and ray butts's demise him being sucked into the black hole i love the effects that they did on that the overlays mm. and the multiple things they were doing there the distortions 
I found it quite hypnotic, even in modern day watching standards. I thought it was yeah. very well done. I was well surprised done. by how well the visuals of this episode stood up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they, they weren't all great, but a lot of creative camera movements in the CGI was really the at play. The direction of this episode was really solid. F- oh, fantastic direction. Very well paced. Very funny, very sad, brilliant character, a one-and-done character. I raise Ray Butts as a prime example of a great one-and-done character in any piece of media. I always bring him up and Timerson from that TNG episode, the one where Deanna Troy falls in love with Timerson and he has to commit ritual suicide. These two guys, one episode wonders, but I have always thought about them. There's a part of me that wishes Ray Butts could have been a regular in the show, but by design, he could never yeah. be. His character could never function that way. It's a yum yum for me. Yum yum. Of course, I give this episode a yum yum. Yum yum. In all honesty, I think The Dark Side of the Sun is a better episode than this, mm-hmm. but this is still currently my favourite one. I, I just was smiling from ear to ear. What are we going to be watching next time on Space Above and Beyond, Rachel? Eyes. Eyes, as in human eyes? Yep. Okay, so you don't know what Eyes is about. You just know the title. No, I don't think it's going to be the same as Babylon 5. With internal investigations? Yes, I don't think it's going to be eyes in that way. Um, I'm hoping that it'll be a little bit more to do with the chigs taking people's eyes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're hungry for some more chigs? Yeah. But knowing that they're not going to show any more violence. Well, they showed chigs in this episode killing people. Yes. But... It was the way they shot it is the thing. Like, they still L- get away limited, with it. Limited, limited. Yeah, but yes and no. We we will see how they play it out. Again, let's not forget with restrictions comes creativity and in some fashions. Yes, they can find mm-hmm. certain ways to imply yeah. violence. And I thought Nathan they did West well. Nathan West got here. shot in the head in this episode. Yeah, with the paintball, though, so it was fine. Uh, eyes, eyes, eyes. I do not fully... I think I have an idea of which one this is, but... I think it's going to be, going back to our main crew, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some backstory stuff in this one, I think. If I read the synopsis and it says, Nathan West (laughs) proceeds to do something, will you be angry? Would you be angry? Are you still, okay, can we have a Nathan West check-in? He's better now that I don't have to spend so much time with him. But Vanson wishes the best for him and that he finds her. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I want to see her vendetta more than I want to see him reunited with his girlfriend. No, Kylan. <sighs> Space above and beyond. That is all we've got to do with Ray Butts. Kick butts. Raymond kick butts. Wow, what an episode. We'd love to hear people's thoughts on this. So please contact us. Let us know. Uh, We are on all the social media platforms under Yum Yum Pod or Yum Yum Podcast. You can email us at yumyumpod at gmail.com. We release these episodes on our Patreon first. So by the time this comes out on the main feed, we will have already covered Space Above and Beyond. So if you want to hear that, if you want to get in the groove of what we have to say early instead of waiting week to week, you can support our Patreon in which we have a bucket load's worth of content we, I'm not saying if you join our Patreon, you'll get some pancakes sent to you. I can't promise that. But I'm not promising that you won't get pancakes either. That's just a part of the benefit here. I promise to send. If you say I joined up for 
space above and beyond on the Discord that you get access to, I will send you some form of pancakes. It will be an emoji, but she will send them. It might be a GIF. It might, yeah, it may be a GIF. How about that? A GIF of the pancakes floating in space. Now that's, wow, wow, wow. Pags was not in this episode because he's dead. He's dead. Do you think him and Raybots would get on in hell? I <laughs> like I didn't say heaven, in hell. Do you think Pags is a fan of pancakes? Yes. His his name is actually not short for Paganoli or whatever it was. I can't even remember what it was. Do you? No. His name was short for Pagcakes. Here's the Pags. <laughs>